0: back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. We are back with the Wolves of Mercy Falls series, and we are on book three, Shiver. We only got a couple more episodes Did left. You just say book three, sh- We are back with the Wolves of Mercy Falls series, and we are on
1: book three forever.
0: We only have two more episodes left, so we're getting down to the wire. hmm What happened last A
1: few things I can remember are um, Cole's doing some more experiments to see if he can keep his thoughts as a wolf that he that way, if one of them can, you know, we can lead the wolves out of the area. Another is that we find out that Officer Koenig is now in the know about the wolves and what's going on. He offers a solution. Yes, he offers a solution. Thank you, of giving the wolves a location to move to. A peninsula that's in the upper part of the state. And everyone was getting cute and schmexy in the last part. Yes, they were. Cole with his little toy car going up his
2: (laughs) his arm. (laughs) Everyone's doing the devil's tango.
0: But are they? They are.
2: They are. They are. are. Sam and Grace we made. Okay. All right. So we start off with chapter 48 and it starts off in Cole's perspective. Uh, Sam and Cole go to the convenience store to buy milk. 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 Apparently, Isabel had told them more details about the hunt. Grace and Sam had an unspoken argument with their only their eyes that Grace had won. So, she went off to make scones.
1: And she needs milk.
2: And she needs milk. Because they don't milk. have any. They don't have any. She sent Sam and Cole to get it because Sam lost the argument. And Cole probably just needs to get out of the house.
1: Well, also... Grace can't go to the store anyway. Yeah. Such a riveting scene.
2: Scene, yes. Cole notices Sam tensing up when they're at the convenience store. And he says, maybe we don't actually need milk. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So we go into Sam's perspective. The guy Sam sees is Olivia's brother, John. He is drunk and staring at some gum. They greet each other tensely. Then John decides it would be a good idea to ask Sam, why Grace and Olivia? Why did you take them? He tells him the kicker was that he actually liked Sam and when he first met him.
1: uh, When he had first met him.
2: When he first met them. He punches Sam, and Sam doesn't fight back because he knows how much pain John has been put through the last few months. He needs an outlet. Maybe hitting Sam will heal some of that pain. Probably not. Probably not. Cole steps between them telling John that this was over. And when they leave, Cole says, people just love to hit you. Which Uh, is true. Can we talk about the fact this is where you really see who's dominant in Cole and Sam's relationship because you wouldn't think that it would be Sam but every time something like this happens Cole waits to see how Sam
1: yeah well we already is. had one instance of that though yeah we well, do he
0: also hasn't like Cole do- doesn't know Lewis Cole doesn't know John he's not really had interactions with him why would he be the one to confront
1: Yeah, but I feel like this is because of the wolf thing. Well, yeah, we, I mean, I don't think we talked about it in the, when it happened, but the part in the chapters previously where Grace as a wolf, that's now in that deep sink or whatever, and Sam is in there, like, trying to get Grace out, and Cole comes back, and there's this part where Cole's like, you go ahead and go first, I'll stay here, Mm -hmm. and Sam's like, no, that's not gonna happen, and he literally grips cole's space and looks him directly in the eye and says you go first and without thought he immediately reacts to that
0: yeah i missed that okay
1: mm-hmm. we didn't talk about it i don't think when we were covering the chapter we didn't, didn't really
2: read those chapters so they reach the car and the mood changes it has to be you cole said he opened the passenger door and stood on the running board leaning over the roof at me the one who leads the wolves out i've tried i can't hold a thought while i'm a wolf I looked at him, my fingers tingled. I'd forgotten the milk inside the store. I kept thinking of John swinging at me. Cole charging between us, the night living inside me, feeling like I did right now. I couldn't say no, I can't do it because anything felt possible. I said, I don't want to go back. I can't do that. Cole laughed, just a single ha. You're going to shift eventually, Ringo. You're not totally cured yet. Might as well save the world while you're at it. I wanted to say, please don't make me do this. What meaning would that have to Cole, who had done that and worse to himself? You're assuming they would listen to me, I said. Cole lifted his hands off the roof of the Volkswagen. Cloudy fingerprints evaporated seconds after he did. We all listen to you, Sam. He jumped to the pavement. You just don't always talk to us.
0: Oh, I got a few words. So him saying it has to be you to Sam. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just did the whole thing with the blood Mm -hmm. and being like, it's Sam. I don't feel like that had anything to do with the cure. I feel like it had to do with finding someone who could hold a thought who was like could keep enough human in them as a wolf yeah but i still don't know science how cole figured that out and i
2: don't know how cole would know because he doesn't know that sam's really good at holding human thoughts as a wolf
0: i don't know i'm so confused
2: is there a plot hole maggie did we find it No,
0: i think we're just dumb probably <laughs> that seems more likely I, definitely i didn't pay attention to any of that anyway and then yeah, wait, anything else on that one we're just confused
2: I just like how the power dynamic is between them that you don't really expect, but it's there. Oh, yeah.
0: Sam being like, no, I can't go back. I can't do that. And Cole being like, well, you're going to do it eventually. Might as well save the world while you're at it. If roles were switched, Cole would definitely do it. Yeah. Like, I'm not even talking about the Cole. I mean, he wants to be a wolf anyway. Yeah. Not as much at this point. But, like, he he wants to, you know, conquer the impossible anyway. Yeah. He also... I mean, as we figure out later on and I mean earlier, he wants to play hero a little bit. Yeah,
2: he does. Like
0: he feels good doing that mm-hmm. as opposed to Sam who, you know, has his priorities and being a wolf again is not one of those. Last no, all.
1: Worked. You talking about like the whole that Sam being a re- revelation thing is not connected with him being the cure. I'm wondering if there's something from Linger that we don't remember that Cole said has something to do with this thought process of him
0: I don't know. Maybe.
1: Because would- there was a there's sciency stuff with Cole in this book, but there was also a lot of sciency stuff in that book. It was so brief, though.
2: Yeah, no, it was just like the last few chapters. He was yeah. like, "Okay, I'm a science genius. Let's do this." So
0: I, don't I really know. don't know. I I kind of want to read Center first and then kind of circle back to it.
2: Yeah, but I find it interesting because we see a little bit of the dynamic between Paul and Beck. Not a lot, but like from Sam's memories w- before they were wolves. Or not before, but you know, when they're human. And you don't see Paul as necessarily a leader yeah, as a human. No. But everybody listens to him. Whereas Beck is more of a dominant personality when they're human. So maybe it's something like the leader is always somebody that's doesn't always put their two cents in but they're but well, it's important when they do whereas he Maggie has set it up where the betas are always like the enforcers
0: yeah I've like my summer job working at camp we talk a lot about like leadership qualities and the different ways you know mm-hmm. you could be a leader and such and that's like one of the conversations we have like it's not always the loudest voice yeah like sometimes it's someone who is willing to sit back mm-hmm. and like I'm not saying Sam does that well all the time. No. Him being like, give me a minute to think would be better than him just standing there.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I just, I thought that was an interesting note because, I mean, you don't see much of the interactions because I think Paul changed a lot earlier, mm-hmm. like stayed wolf a lot earlier than Beck did.
0: I feel like the, um, Like, it's not always, you know, what you would think where, like, the alpha is so superior whenever. Because you even think of that scene we have recently with Shelby, how Beck was kind of one of the ones who, Mm -hmm. you know. And Beck's also someone that they listen to as a wolf or, like, I don't want to spoil later on stuff. But you could see with, like, Sam and Cole, they're possibly being, like, a dynamic where they both their leadership qualities especially because Beck chose both of them yeah he did they have
1: different leadership qualities they do
2: but then again I feel like uh Cole doesn't I think if he were the leader everything would be insane oh yeah Yeah. so trying to overthrow him yeah (laughs) so it's not the best idea for him to be the leader
1: no Cole Cole would take like a Beck role he would be like second in command yeah which is what it's kind of setting up here yeah all right so chapter 49 is from grace's perspective sir so officer koenig arrives at the house to take them to see this peninsula that his family owned and he now owns grace remembers the last uh time she saw officer koenig uh, was when he was speaking to their class at school And Olivia was googly-eyed over how cute he was, which this was back in Shiver. His presence, of course, is a constant affirmation to her that Olivia is dead. He greets her, and then Cole steps out. Koenig immediately recognizes Cole, and he just says, Of course, are there any other missing persons living on your roof? Elvis, Jimmy Hoffa, Amelia Earhart. I'd just like to have full disclosure now before we go any further. Sam tells him that's that's all he knows to the best of his knowledge and asks if it's okay if Grace tags along with them to see this peninsula. Koenig agrees to it and asks if Cole is also coming along with them. Cole tells him that he has man's work to do. And this has Sam shooting him a warning look. Grace guesses this has to do with the kitchen looking like a kitchen now and not a meth lab. So Koenig, Sam, and Grace ride out to the location. Koenig starts discussing college with Sam, and they also discuss why Cole is there Mercy Falls with the Wolves. Grace realizes that Koenig treats Sam like an equal, or at least like an adult compared to how other people treat Sam. Um, During this, Sam's phone rings. It's a number that they don't recognize from New York. Grace answers it, and the person is asking about Cole. If you remember that this is actually Jeremy, a former band member of Cole's, wanting to tell Cole to listen to the radio station in 18 minutes. He says he's given him the best present he could, and Cole's parents would uh, be listening as well. Jeremy then asks if Cole is happy, and Grace tells him that he's getting there at the end of this conversation sam tells grace to call the house and she tells Cole that he needs to listen to the radio
0: um her like thinking you know that koenig treats sam like an adult or like an equal i think that's why like earlier i think last episode we were talking about or i was talking about sam talking with adults how it doesn't always go well it's because they treat him like a kid yeah and he's like i'm not a kid because he had to grow up really fast Yeah. yeah he did as you know, his human life was shortened at that time, so he had to go through a lot and... He wants that respect.
2: He does. And it's deserved.
0: Mm-hmm. Chapter 50 is from Cole's perspective. Cole thinks about how suicide started off as a joke for him. It wasn't until his band became famous that it almost seemed like a goal. He remembers signing a poster for the wife of a radio host. Apparently, the host said one of Cole's songs was the only song that the host's wife would make love to him, too. Ew. <laughs> Seriously. Don't tell a teenager that. <laughs> Don't tell anyone that. Yeah. After his phone call with Grace, Cole turns on the radio show, waiting to hear what Jeremy had said. The radio show started. Everyone who listens to the show knows. Hell, everyone who listens to the radio knows. Cole St. Clair, frontman of nar- Narcotica and damned fine songwriter, has been missing for what? Almost a year? 10 months? Somewhere in there. Oh, I know. I know my producer. He's rolling his eyes. Say what you like, buddy. He might have been a number one script, but he could write a song. Well, it looks like we have some news, and we're the first to break it. Cole St. Clair's not dead, folks. He's not been held captive for it by a pack of fangirls or my wife, either. We've got a statement from his agent right now that says St. Clair had a medical complication related to drug abuse. Fancy that. Did you people imagine that the lead singer of Narcotica might have a substance abuse problem? And that he went with his bandmates for some under-the-radar treatment and rehab out of the country. Says here he's back in the States, but is asking to be left alone while he figures out what to do next. There you have it, folks. Cole St. Clair. He's alive. No, no, don't thank me now. Thank me later. Let's hope for a reunion tour, right? Make my wife happy. Take all the time you need, Cole. If you're listening, Rock will wait. Sitting beside him now, Isabel says, So, you're officially reborn. Yes, I said. Looks that way. He's back at it, baby. He's back
2: at it. Nobody thinks he's
0: dead anymore. Cole's not dead. He's like, man, I really gotta stay alive now.
2: I wonder, yeah, I don't know if it's ever mentioned, like, how he feels about this. Shockingly, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't don't think they do now.
2: How he felt about them saying that he was reborn. Maybe he was ready for it. This chapter was some setup. Yes, it was. I think that's why we don't hear anymore about it. Yeah. Uh, it was set up for 0. 0.5. Chapter 51 is from Sam's perspective. As soon as I saw the peninsula, I knew it was the solution. Coing, Sam and Grace took around the property looked around the property it is an old lodge with an extensive amount of land officer Koenig asks Sam about Beck being his adopted father Koenig tells Sam that he cannot decide whether or not what Beck did to Sam was a crime this discussion makes Sam uncomfortable and Koenig apologizes saying sorry cop brain uh Sam tells Grace that he has to change back into a wolf to lead them to the peninsula They decide this is the perfect place for them.
0: The peninsula might work.
2: It might work.
0: Except you said towing first. I did say towing
2: first.
1: I I didn't
0: realize as you saw it again. You said towing.
1: Yeah. It's hard, guys. I know. Okay, so now we're on to chapter 52, which is from Cole's perspective, and I will be reading the entire chapter. In one hour, I called Sam's cell phone as many times as I'd called Isabel's cell phone in two months. To the same effect, Nothing. I could take it personally, but i like to think that I'd learned my lesson. Patience. It was a virtue. It had never been one of my strong points. I called Sam. The phone rang and rang until my ears were tricked into believing that every other ring was longer. The minutes stretched out indefinitely. I put on music, and even the songs moved in slow motion. I was irritated every time a refrain came around. I felt like I'd already listened to it 100 times before. I called Sam. Nothing. I trotted down the basement stairs up to the kitchen I'd clean my stuff up, mostly, but in the spirit of benevolence and distracting myself, I used a wet paper towel to wipe the kitchen counter and make a small pyramid of escaped coffee grounds and toaster crumbs. I called Sam. Maureen. I jogged back down to the basement, then to my stash of things in my bedroom. I rummaged through all the supplies I'd gathered over the past several months, not really needing anything, just wanting to be busy to move my hands. My feet ran whether or not I was standing up, so I might as well stand. I called Sam ring 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 (laughs) two more rings (laughs) i got a pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt and took them down to the basement i laid them on the chair wondered if i should get a long sleeve shirt or a sweater no a t-shirt was fine no maybe a sweater i got a berkeley sweatshirt out of a drawer i called sam nothing nothing where in hell was he i jotted in beck's notebook that was now mine i went back down to the basement I checked the thermostat. I turned it as hot as it would go. I got space heaters from the garage. I found wall sockets in the basement and plugged them in. It was a barbecue down there. Not hot enough. I needed it to be summer inside these walls. I called Sam. Two rings. Three. Cole, what is it? It was Sam. His voice was staticky, indistinct, but it was him. Sam, I said. I sounded a little peevish at this point, but I felt I deserved it. I looked down at the wolf body on the floor in front of me. The sedatives were starting to wear off. I've caught Beck.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: I love it when you're like, what the fuck is happening?
0: Then mm-hmm. at the end, is the reveal. Mm-hmm. I love that. Maggie's so good at that, too. Yeah.
1: Cole's like, let me do this. Let me do this. Let you me turn do the this. page and be like, <gasps>
2: <laughs> oh.
1: Us reading it, turns the page, looks all the way down at the end, and sees the word Beck. <laughs> Actually, yes. <laughs>
2: Chapter
0: 53, we have Sam's perspective. Sam hadn't realized that today was Chinese Day. It was a ritual among among the pack on this day to go out. Paul or Ulrich would take the kids to museums and to test drive cars they didn't intend on buying. The day would end with a big feast at a Chinese restaurant in Duluth. Sam was always given a different reason every year as to why Beck wasn't going with them. It wasn't until he got older that he saw Beck in his room with food laying there untouched, and Beck curled up as if he were anticipating an explosion to hit the house. Sam was told this day, nine years ago, that Beck's wife had died. Not too long later, Beck had changed Sam into a wolf. Sam didn't think the correlation mattered at first, but now it mattered. Dun dun dun
2: dun dun. dun. Next we have chapter fifty four. And it starts off with uh, Cole's perspective, or, or Sam's
1: Sam. pers- <laughs> Sam's
2: perspective, Sam. and then goes into Cole's. Here's Sam. They get back to the house, and Koenig excuses himself. Grace assures Koenig that she will see her parents later today before he leaves. Cole tells Sam he has Beck and to remember that this was his idea if he gets bitten. Sam asks if Beck is just wandering around the house. Cole tells him that he did the impossible part of getting him out of the woods. All Sam has to do is get him out of his bedroom. Sam goes into the room seeing Beck and even though what Beck did to him was wrong, he wrestles with the thought of drugging him, especially on Chinese Day. I wanted it he says but i didn't know if he did i looked at cole no no i changed my mind i can't do it i'm not that person cole's green eyes brilliant held mine for a moment he said but i am and as fast as a snake, he stuck the needle into the wolf's thigh and i laughed so f- hard at this but i am
1: <laughs> villain origin story
2: <laughs> like it's just that evil villain moment that you know <laughs> the whole series is cole's evil villain story but not being evil. So it shifts to Cole's perspective. Grace is irritated at Cole for injecting Beck. She's like, "Uh, why'd you have to do that? (laughs) Yeah, she's like, why would you do that? Sam's upset, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, she's like, you asshole. Yeah, how dare you? Sam is turning away. Grace is furious, but all Cole cares about is that his injection was working. Beck was turning human again. Cole asks Beck if he recognizes him. He admits he... Does and ask how he did this. Cole tells him with adrenaline and adrenaline's friends, meaning meth. He totally did it with <laughs> meth. If you were curious, it was the meth. Beck realizes that he was an experiment. He then asks if he knew it was him when he was experimenting on him. Cole tells him that yes, which Beck is assured by. I'd, Beck says, I'd rather that you had known. There are wolves that should stay wolves in those woods. He noticed Grace at that time and asked if the experiment worked on Sam. She tells him it did. Beck then asked if he was here. Sam popped in and said, I'm here. And then it shifts back into Sam's perspective. And thank you, Caitlin, for <laughs> pulling up the page for me. Beck. I couldn't keep my thoughts together. They scattered down the stairs across the floor. He has a hand on my shoulder. Car tires hissing on wet pavement. His voice narrates my childhood. The smell of the forest on my suburban street. My handwriting looks like his. Wolves. He shouts across the house, Sam, homework! Snow pressed against my skin. Hold on, he said. Don't be afraid. You're still Sam. My skin rips open. My new desk of all, for all my books. I my hands were sweaty on the steering wheel of the, his car never endless evenings all the same standing by the grill wanted you're the best of us sam this part of that is i never wanted this like on the little left part it's saying i never wanted this in the thing
0: yeah it's kind of written in like i forget what kind of poetry it is yeah but yeah in that way where like the lines are all and then you read something else like you're rickrolling someone you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what I think of. Yeah. Um, And this whole thing, like, Sam obviously has looked up to Beck his whole life, or like since he knew him, because that was his father figure that he had, and he gave him all of these wonderful things in this life. And then he slowly finds out that Beck wasn't necessarily a good guy
2: all the time. he was the one that changed him.
0: Yeah, and he did some really things, and now Sam has to deal with that. And you kind of think of, or I think of, you know, people whose parents did some things. Maybe not always to them, but like, mm-hmm. you know, your parents committed tax fraud. Yeah. Like murderers. I don't mm-hmm. know. It goes all ends of the spectrum. But you're like, can I still love them? Yeah. Like, can I do that even though they did some things? Or maybe if they committed murder, you you know, distance yourself. Depends on what kind, I guess.
2: (laughs) Depends on the situation. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Dang Francis Bean still takes up for Courtney, even though (laughs)
1: she killed her dad. I got off on a tangent. All right, we're on to chapter 55, which is from Grace's perspective. Tom Culpepper got an aerial hunt approved in a week. I waited for that to sink in to see if I had to explain more what that meant. Beck said softly, I nodded. We were thinking that we can move the pack. We need to know how. Beck starts off with saying his journal and Cole tells Beck that he's already read it. All I said was Hannah led them out and how did she keep the destination in her mind. Hannah was like Sam. She could hold some of her thoughts while she was a wolf. Better than the rest of us. Not as well as Sam, but better than me. She and Derek were thick as thieves. Derek was good at sending the images. She and Paul brought the wolves together and Derek stayed human. He kept that image of where we were going in his head and gave it to her. She led the wolves, he led her. Could Sam do it, Cole asked. If either of you is able to send him images while you're human. Beck said it was his turn to ask the questions, but he had a demand first. Whatever happens to the rest of the pack, he wants to happen to him, and Cole agrees. Beck asked if the cure didn't work since they were saying Sam would lead the pack out. Cole then goes on to explain how the cure isn't solid, and then Beck asked why Grace is a wolf now. Cole also tells him he doesn't have time for the full answer and then Beck asks if they can make a cure for Grace. Sam then interrupts saying that the cure killed Jack and Cole tells him that it was because Jack was injected while human. Sam states how he could be certain and Cole declares, because I have yet to be wrong. Beck asks where they are moving the pack to and Cole tells him about Koenig and Beck gives him a wary look. Cole assures him that he's going to purchase the land because it being in his name is better than goodwill. Beck said that he had one final question. Was Sam ever going to talk to him? And then we switched to Sam's perspective. Beck goes on to apologize again and again. Sam asked if he was driving when it happened. Beck told him no, Ulrich was driving, and Beck bullied Paul into doing it with him. He continued to apologize. Grace tells Sam to look at him, which he does only because Grace says to. Cole tells him that he was trying to kill himself when Beck changed him. He would be dead now if it wasn't for him. Sam knows it's the truth. Beck continues to apologize and tells Sam to enjoy his life and forget all about him. Sam tells him he doesn't want to. He then asks if he would let them cure him. Beck tells him, yes, do whatever it takes. And then Beck starts to jerk and Cole injects him again. Um, I thought it was
0: interesting that Beck was like, we're going to buy the land from Koenig. Like, we're not letting.
1: Or Cole.
0: Oh, I thought it was Beck who said it. No. No,
1: Cole's like,
2: Beck was worried about it and he was like giving him looks and Cole's like, don't worry, I'm planning on buying the land.
0: I'm going to read the sciencey stuff.
2: Yes, because we want to hear you say the funny words.
0: <laughs> Chapter 56 is from Cole's Perspective, and it's just
2: the journal entry.
0: The journal entry. Epinephrine, suetophedrine, MIX-7. Method, intravenous injection. Result, successful. Side effects, none. Note, environmental factors still dictate
2: shift back to wolf. All right, and then we go into. Did cha- I do good? You did very good. I'm I, proud I, of you. I was you. studying
0: well, y'all reading.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like, pseudoephedrine. Yeah,
1: pseudo-ephedrin.
2: Yeah. I was so proud of you.
0: Pseudoephedrine?
2: Pseudoephedrine. Um, no, I can't believe you corrected her on it. I mean, she she did said a, it she enough did for you bed. to understand. No,
0: I appreciate it. Okay, we don't always have to bully Reba. Okay.
1: <laughs>
2: okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks. You're just interrupting the dynamic. I'm.
0: I'm sorry. All right. Uh, chapter 50- 50. i in with her. She won't hang out with us. And we need someone
1: to pick on. True. <laughs> you saying that does not make sense to follow <laughs> up with and to stay into the microphone at the same time. <laughs>
2: well, we can't do it to each other if we get too much hurt feelings.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's because I've been putting up with this BS for years now. So I'm just a solid <laughs> nut. Liar, because you were so mean to me <laughs> as kids.
2: <laughs> Reba, I don't know if you know this, but we as a group were all very bossy children, and you were the bossiest. And we just kind of went along with what you did. Now you've very, you've laid back, you've 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 calmed down in your old age.
1: <laughs> we just move on.
2: <laughs> we love you, Reba.
0: Sure. <laughs> all right, Chapter You know who I hate more? Who?
2: freaking grace
0: brisbane
2: (laughs) of course (laughs) brisbane (laughs) chapter 57 sam sam makes bread to distract himself when he puts it in the oven he tells grace to watch watch it while he goes take to take a shower he felt dirty after talking to beck because it felt like he was complicit in a crime injecting him with stuff when the bread is finished baking grace comes into the bathroom while sam is still scrubbing himself down She tells him that she will go with Rachel tomorrow to see her parents. She asks Sam if he thinks Cole is right about the cure and if she should take it. He doesn't give her a real answer because he thinks there there needs to be more (laughs) data. I'm sorry. Caitlin is trying to find a light to turn on so she can read and they're all flickering.
1: (laughs) Is there not windows on the door? Why don't you open the door?
2: He doesn't give a real answer because he thinks there needs to be more data on it before he would feel comfortable with her trying it. F*** me gently with a chainsaw. F*** me gently with a chainsaw. This is a cluster <laughs> of a situation. You're good. Rebets, your turn. And you oh, gotta... I didn't
1: even know you finished. You just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even discuss it, but okay. What the f*** just happened? <laughs> what did you read?
2: I read uh, about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sam goes to take a shower because he feels dirty. And making bread after making bread, not because of the bread, but because of what happened. And then Grace asks about if she should take the cure, and Sam doesn't want her to.
0: I think on a normal day I would have thoughts about that,
1: (laughs) but not today. Not today. Okay, Chapter fifty-eight, Isabel's point of view. I heard a soft knock on the mudroom door. Stepping over boots and a trowel and a bag of birdseed, I opened it. Cole St. Clair stood in the black rectangle of the doorway, his hands in his pockets. Ask me in, he said. This chapter confused me so much. I need some clarification.
0: Any? None whatsoever. Because nothing after this, spoiler alert, is related to it at all. He just shows up and what happens?
2: There's nothing. Maybe it's disgust and sinner. That's what I was wondering.
1: Because like the next chapter that's like from either one of those two perspectives is Isabelle's. And, and it's, it's on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. It, that she does was not go well. in her room. He's not there. The phone rings. Yeah. We're not there yet. Yeah. But I don't know. I was very
0: confused. I was like, why are we writing this? Are we setting something up? Or I want to
1: know. Maybe they do the
2: devil's tango again.
0: That's what I was wondering. I was mad I didn't get to see it.
2: <laughs> Caitlin's still used to smut.
0: Chapter 59. We have Grace's perspective. Oh, yay. Okay. It's dark outside when Grace and Rachel pull up to Grace's parents' house. Grace had brought Rachel along to referee during their discussion, which she's gonna do a really piss poor job at just putting that out there. Her dad opens up the door and her mom screams for him not to let the cat out. Grace is irritated by the addition to the family, but her father explains your mother was lonely. First words, right? Are those the first words he says to her? Yep. <sighs> Lewis she looked at her father hoping to see that he has been a wreck since she's been gone but there's nothing no evidence of it nope they end up going in and hashing it out this is very shocking grace my father said across from me you've put us through a lot my mother began to cry i changed my mind right then i no longer wanted to see the evidence of their anguish anymore i didn't want to watch my mother cry I had spent so long hoping that they had missed me, wishing that they loved me enough that it would hurt that I was gone. But now that I saw my mother's face, guilt and sympathy were making a solid lump in my throat. I just wanted to have had the conversation already and be back on my way home. This was too hard. I started. I wasn't trying to put you in. We thought you were dead, my father said. And all this time you were with him. Just letting us no, I said, I was not with him all this time we're just relieved that you're all right mom said but dad wasn't there yet you could have called grace he said you could have just called so that we knew you were alive that was all we needed i believed him he really did need me he needed proof of me last time i tried to talk to you you told me i couldn't see sam until i was 18 and completely talked over the top of my i'm calling the police to tell them that you're here dad said he was halfway out of his seat dad i snapped First of all, they know. Second of all, you're doing it. You're not even listening to half of what I have to say. He denied it, of course. Our daughter ran away from home. That is a crime, Amy. An actual crime in the eyes of Minnesota law. The law has something to do with this. The law. I mean, it does, but... I'm not going to pretend it didn't happen. I'm not going to pretend that she didn't run away to live with her boyfriend. And I'm not going to pretend that I almost didn't die in your car, Dad. Oh, come on now,
2: he said... Yeah, because now it's coming back on him. God forbid.
0: (laughs) No, I won't come on now. It's just a symptom. You forgot you had a kid in your car. And before that, I was dragged off the swings by wolves while mom was upstairs painting. And yeah, I had a boyfriend sleeping in my bed here. But it took you weeks to realize it. Did you even notice I was sleeping here? You gave me 30 miles of free leash. Did you think I wouldn't use it? Grace tells her parents that she is moving out. And her dad says, no, you aren't. That is why I'm moving out, I replied. You don't get to tell me what to do all of a sudden. You can't just wait until I start to choose my own family and my own life and my own happiness and say, No, Grace, that's not allowed. Go back to being lonely and miserable and grade A student. It's not fair. Grace tells her parents if they want anything to do with her when she turns 18 that they are going to play by her rules. Her dad refuses, but her mom suggests a compromise. Amy suggests that Grace stays there with them, but Sam is only allowed to stay over during the day, just not the night, as long as she keeps up her grades. She will also have to keep on talking with them after she turns 18. Grace tells them, I'll think about it. When her and Rachel leave, Grace feels herself shifting. She tells Rachel to call Sam. What's Rachel doing during all this? Petting the cat. During the confrontation, she's petting the cat. And what is she refereeing? I was expecting so much from this when you said that.
2: Yeah. There wasn't any.
0: <laughs> I was like, oh, just gonna do something. No. No.
2: It's a teenage thing. Like, you have to, you bring a friend over when you're having issues don't, with somebody.
0: No, don't bring me over when you're having issues.
2: I wouldn't bring you. You, see that? you got the anxiety. <laughs>
0: I'm like, I'm uncomfortable. So, Louis Brisbane
2: can go suck a toe.
0: Yeah, and I'm Glad Grace was finally like, um, you don't get to decide. Yeah, no My favorite part was like you left me in that car and he's like, Really? We're going there again. She's like, Yeah, we are going there yeah. again. Cause you didn't pay attention to me. Mom didn't pay attention to me before that. I had a boy sleeping in my bed way before y'all found it out. Like And I don't think it was just weeks,
2: like she said. <laughs> it was months.
0: <laughs> before that, he was stalking me from the woods, but you didn't know.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't have added that part, Caitlin, but maybe. I
0: wouldn't either. If it got to that point though.
2: What are they gonna do? So the next chapter is chapter 60 and it's from Sam's point of view and this is one of my favorite chapters to write down because it's only three sentences long. I love writing these kind of chapters. Sam stays up all night worrying about Grace. Koenig, Koenig calls to tell Sam that they've moved up the hunt. It will start at dawn.
1: Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Things are starting to heat up. Yep at dawn. It will start at dawn. <laughs> All right, so then we have chapter 61, which is from Isabel's point of view, and she wasn't quite sleeping when the phone rang, and when she answers, Cole tells her that she needs to try to stop her dad, as in stop the hunt that has been moved up. He tells her that Grace shifted last night. Now he has a barely functional werewolf and a Volkswagen. She tells him she can't do it, and then quoted, this is Cole, you owe it to me to try. Oh, I laughed. As in Isabel, why do I owe you anything? Your son of a bitch father killed Victor and threw him in front of my face. I'm not him. I don't owe you jack Cole St. Clair. I might have considered going downstairs to talk to my dad before that, but now screw you. Oh, that's nice. Grown up way to handle your problems. Find a technicality, pitch a fit, and make it someone else's problem. You really are daddy's little girl. You're one to talk. The one thing that surprises me about all this is you sound remarkably sober. If he goes badly, you can always kill yourself, right? And Cole hangs up.
2: It's Rightfully low. so. <laughs> Rightfully so. Yeah,
1: That was low, Isabel. I
0: mean, low. He did say, but that no, no. Which it. this, it's very immature. I agree with him. It's very yes. immature. Yes, it is. Chapter sixty-two. Sam's perspective. Get ready because this is a long one. It's time. Sam and Cole are planning what to do. <laughs> then Cole injects Sam with the wolf toxin. <laughs> That's it. That's all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's all you wrote?
0: <laughs> yeah. That's all she wrote. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, Sam agrees. Okay, we got to do this now. Yeah. All right. We only have one option. That's it. Grace is a wolf
2: now. I mm-hmm. mean,
0: You're out of options. They moved up the time frame. And we're about to come to a head. It's going to go down.
2: In chapter, or in episode 15. first mm-hmm. Our final episode.
0: Our final episode of this wonderful series. Yeah, we're going to share our final thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, Shiver was never developed into any visual adaptation, mm-hmm. and I don't think it ever will be. No, but we can always never. fan cast. Always, so I think we did similarly what we did on Twilight, where mine. I mean, I didn't go so much with ages this time. Like making people age appropriate at the moment. Mm-hmm. They, these actors still look pretty young. but
1: And yours are definitely older.
2: Yeah. They fit the time though or, or mid 2010s.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They'd be about the right age.
1: Mm-hmm. And as usual, I have nothing selected. <laughs> because I don't really think about this and don't picture people in those places.
2: Yeah. I mean,
0: I don't really. But it's fun to do sometimes.
2: Yeah. So should I go first? Sure. Okay, so for mine, uh, I've been saying since the beginning Grace Brisbane is Diana Argon because that's who I had in my head yeah. at um, at the beginning. Is Argon, or Agron. It's you're probably correct. I think it's Agron. Agron. I watched Glee. I know. Yeah, she was on. She was on Glee. Uh, and then next, I have Sonny Moore. He doesn't exactly fit how I see Sam, but he's got like the personality and stuff. Y'all may know him as Skrillex. He's who I got as Sam and then okay so the only blonde guy I ever really crushed on other than Kurt Cobain is the guy that played Peter Pan <laughs> in, I was waiting on that I knew that was gonna happen when you mentioned that last night in the in like the live action um he was so freaking cute then he's still yeah he, he pretty hot now his name's Jeremy Sumter and he oh, fits damn. Cole like it just it's like what i imagine oh yeah i could
1: totally imagine him as cole
2: yeah i mean he's got the face to be cole and then um i didn't go exactly the way she's described in the book because she's never really described that way in my head like Mm -hmm. i've never pictured i've never pictured isabel as a cherub looking you know pretty obviously but i've never seen her with like blonde curly hair and bright blue eyes that's never been how i've seen her so I was thinking um, American Horror Story, uh, the mean girl off the first season, She'll Be Young. And I just, I see it. Like, that's just who I imagine. So yeah, that's my two, like, that's my four that I've got for our fan cast.
0: Mine, um, I mean, all these actors who are playing teenagers are under 30. And some of them, I don't know what they bet on, but... I, like, see them on Pinterest, and I'm looking up stuff for my own characters. hmm And so for Grace, I picture, you know, she's blonde and everything, and I'm like, oh, a blonde girl. But um, I picture, like, a lot of times, like, darker eyebrows, mm-hmm. and more, like, girl-next-door looking. Yeah, that's what I think. As opposed to Isabel, who's, like, bombshell to me. hmm So two of the actresses I have, I have pictures, Catherine Newton, I don't know what she's been in, Maddie Hasson, Hayson. yeah. Definitely. But they're, like, more girl next door looking. The Maddie girl. I could definitely see that. Yeah. That top girl isn't supernatural. You're acting like I'm supposed to know that. Um, And then I also have Virginia Gardner, who's been on some stuff. And then Meg Donnelly, who I know from the Zombies movies. But she's got that look still. She
2: definitely looks like Grace to me. Yeah.
0: And then my Sams. My Sams were kind of hard because... I didn't mention before of, like, whenever I first pictured these characters when I was 14 years old reading them, I pictured, like, Britt Robertson, who was in some stuff whenever we were teenagers, and Logan Lerman, who was in, like, Percy Jackson. Yeah. That's who I pictured as Grace and Sam. Uh-huh. So these, like, my Sams were Ross Lynch and then uh, Milo Manheim, who I feel like are just Disney people they are
2: <laughs> they were on the disney channel <laughs> the milo guy because sam's nose is described as not being able to be pulled off by a woman and i think that <laughs> his nose definitely works for that yeah yeah that's why i was like sunny more pre-nose job uh-huh. and
0: then my isabelle's i was like blonde bombshells and the first one was um i think she's just a bo- model she might do some acting but she's the i think the girlfriend of Brooklyn Beckham, who's, like, Victoria and David Beckham's uh, son. Yeah. So that's Nicola Peltz. And then Madeline Klein from Outer Banks because, you know, they both have, like, really model-esque features. They do. Like, just pretty girls. They are pretty. And then my Cole's were also really hard to do. This whole cast was hard, and I was just like, that works because... Cole's really big in my heart, but, you know, I was like, I'm just gonna find some people. So... (laughs) My first one was Cody Christian, who was like in Pretty Little Liars and also in Teen Wolf. And then, yes, he was on Teen Wolf and he's going to be a wolf now. Yeah. And then because I did Madeline Klein from Outer Banks and she has such good chemistry with like her partner on the show i went with chase stokes who plays john b on outer banks and they're also together in real life Mm -hmm. and the picture i found is from the uh, mtv movie awards where he's like all dressed up and i'm like this is garb
2: that cole should wear on the red carpet yeah i think it'd be hilarious well i mean you can see his pecs because (laughs) he's in a sheer shirt in this picture
0: i love it
2: yeah and then y'all see (laughs) okay when i think of beck who do i think of i'm really interested to know david beckham David Beckham. That works. <laughs> and evidently, I'm really attracted to soccer players, I realized. And I was like, maybe that's it. Maybe maybe that's it.
0: <laughs> that's all I got. I tried doing some other ones, but that's all I got.
2: That's all. Yeah. I couldn't think of Becca. I imagine like dark features. Still hot. Still hot. Still For some hot. reason. He's like in his 50s in this. And I like, I imagine him being hot and this. Never described mm-hmm. that way. Because it's
0: Sam and Grace describing.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: You're like Beck is hot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sam being like, Beck's adorable, and <laughs> he's what I aspire to look like on a regular basis. No. Oh my gosh! Imagine Beck teaching Sam how to shave.
0: That's so cute. It is cute. Wait, did they have a scene like that?
2: No. no. Yeah. Ulrich teaching
0: him and like do this, 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 this. Yeah. And You done. <laughs>
2: I feel like Ulrich taught him like basic crazy random skills and then like how to roll on the condom yes Ulrich did teach him that Ulrich taught him how to make bread who taught him how to drive
0: that is such a great like scenario to think up where like they're all in the car a, a bunch of them are in the car and it's like they flip a coin behind Sam's back to see who will be in the passenger seat uh-huh. Given the directions, and then they stop and they're like, "Switch! We got to
2: switch! I can't do this." It's Ulrich first, <laughs> and Paul and Beck are like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" Yeah, because <laughs> I imagine Ulrich being a terrible driver. He's like, "Stop saying it's more of a suggestion. <laughs> You're the light means speed up."
0: And I was like, "Okay,
2: I love that." Anything to add about this episode? Nope. I'm excited to be over this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't like Twilight where I was like, oh my God, I'm ready. I'm done. I just, I'm happy that we got this story out. I'm happy I read it, (laughs) finally. We read the whole series other than the
0: .5, which we're going to read the .5. I don't think we'll end up talking about it on an episode. We may, but it won't be like a (sighs) big thing. Mm -hmm. It'll be like an offshoot. Yeah. I think that's it for today. We will continue next time with the rest of the book. Yeah, the end. Yeah. Are y'all ready? We are. Woo! So thank you so much for listening. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Let's Call It Nothing Pod. And we will see you next Next time. time. Bye.